Our Father, You haven't made us all the same. You haven't given us all the same gifts, but we all have different opportunities and situations. Now we ask that You'll send Your Holy Spirit to be with us all, that we can better understand Your plans for our lives, and may the people hear Your words, not mine. We ask this in Thy name. Amen. Actually, she, she asks what, what my personality, what my temperaments are. And I'll be honest, it's been a few years since I've done a study, but every time I've taken an instrument, my two dominant ones are phlegmatic and melancholy. Okay? And going with, you, you commented about your band director, uh, having a short fuse. And sometimes that, that can be part of the... Uh, a lot of musicians are melancholy. And, and, and some of them are cholerics, uh, but some of them have, can have... They just can't understand why somebody else can't see it the way they see it and hear it the way they hear it and do it the way it needs to be done. Yep. Understanding spiritual gifts is important for master guides. So we need to... You know, we need to be developing personal skills and um, helping for in ourselves and in the youth that we work with. So, what is a spiritual gift? And is there a difference between a spiritual gift and a talent? Natural ability may be something you're born with, like physical coordination or... Maybe a, there's a talent you've developed through the years, such as playing a musical instrument. You know, it seems like there are some people that are born with the ability to play the piano. And there are different degrees of being able to play the piano. There are some people that can sit down at the piano and play wonderfully and accompany people wonderfully and really, 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 really struggle with reading music. There are some people, you could put wallpaper in front of them, they could read it and play it. Uh, and make it sound great. There are some people who can learn that, okay, we've got those symbols, therefore I push this key down and therefore it will be done at this time. And, and they can technically do things, but it doesn't flow, and it doesn't really have the, 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 the musicalities, the ethos, pathos, the emotional parts that, that we like to hear. You know, natural abilities and talents can be useful and or entertaining, but they deal primarily with the surfaces of life. The root concern of one's relationship to God is left untouched. Abilities and talents affect people on a temporary basis, not an eternal basis. And spiritual growth isn't necessary for their development. For example, a woman who frequently opens her homes for dinner guests and social gatherings maybe doesn't have the gift of hospitality, she might be selling Tupperware or Amway or whatever. 
but is but maybe she in, she's inviting people home after church. You know, there's what is the motivation behind it? The motivation for a spiritual gift is based on love for God and love for humanity. Self glory or gain is not the incentive. Paul tells us that our communication, knowledge, and faith might be perfect, but they're worthless unless love is the motive. The goals of spiritual gifts differs from that of natural abilities. Spiritual gifts are granted for the common good, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Keep in mind this motivation and goal as you seek to discover your gifts and ask yourself, what's my motivation and goal in this area? Remind yourself that these gifts form the basis for our individual and collective service for God. There are a lot of, Mrs. White talked about spiritual gifts in a lot of different places. And um, I, I think you've got a lot of the references in, in your books there. So we're not going to read them all to you. Different gifts are placed in the church, not all imparted to every believer. The poorest and most ignorant believer can have them. That's encouraging, you know? They're promised to every servant of Christ. Unfortunately, they're frequently, we don't talk about them like we should. Unity and cooperation are essential in the use of gifts. A spiritual gift is a special ability given to a member of the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit that enables him or her to work effectively with joy in helping the church carry out its mission in the world. Have you ever heard one of the saints observe that they're working really hard and there's no joy in the labor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we all have that experience sometimes because there are sometimes things have to be done and sometimes we have to get way outside our comfort zones to do things. Um, I knew this aunt was really, really excited when she took one of these because she found out that hospitality wasn't her gift, so she therefore did not have to invite anyone home. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 yeah. We don't want to confuse spiritual gifts with natural talents. All people, whether Christian or not, have natural talents, but only Christians receive spiritual gifts. These gifts enable the Christian to minister in such a way that he will have a power that will tell on hearts. We don't want to confuse spiritual gifts with the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is to be reproduced in each Christian by the Holy Spirit, and all Christians are to have how many of the fruits? But not every spiritual gift is given to every Christian. Same on that, you know. It's interesting because on the first part, it's like the fruit is the fruit. So I can ask people, is it fruit? Is it fruits? It's like an apple, you know, when you start blossoming, it's not really fully grown apple with your apple. 
it's a, it's a process. Mm -hmm. okay, so it's not like you have all the fruits of it. It's, it's a maturing process. It's really one fruit. It's not many fruits. You know, these things, a lot of things take a while to develop. And we've been counseled to go to nature and, and observe things. And um, yeah, and an apple, I don't want, I remember as a kid eating some green apples off my grandpa's orchard. Oh, yeah. And uh, th th there were some apples that I, I preferred when they were just a little before they were ripe. Um, but uh, we don't want to confuse spiritual gift with Christian roles. This is going to your to the story you mentioned. I may be an evangelist while someone else has the gift of teaching, yet we are all witnesses. Witnessing is not a special gift of the Spirit given to select persons. It's a role that all Christians share. Every Christian is to show and tell what Christ has done in their own heart and life. Don't confuse genuine gifts with counterfeits. The devil is not an original person. He counterfeits. And whenever the, the, the Lord has something, he likes to come up with a counterfeit. Counterfeit gifts are more often associated with the more directly miraculous, such as miracles, healings, speaking in tongues, and prophecies. Being more spectacular, they have greater power to catch attention. Miracle working is one of the signs of the end. Manifestations of this order must be carefully tested by the church, for there will be miracles on both the side of truth and the side of error in the last days. Only by the scripture can they be tested. We need to be careful about dismissing any miracle or healing just because it wasn't performed by an Adventist. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to look at a whole bunch of spiritual gift categories. You ready? Administration. The ability to organize, manage, and supervise working with and through others to achieve goals. Its meaning is to steer as the helmsman or pilot of a ship. They have the ability to plan and launch projects to meet the needs of God's cause. Apostleship. This is a title we don't use a lot today. However, it means to be sent out, especially commissioned to represent the church in a broader ministry, this gift may be represented today by the Spirit-given ability to begin the work that may, need to, that may lead to new churches being established. Discernment. The analytical capacity to discern between truth and error. Evangelism. The ability to so persuasively present the gospel of Jesus that people are led to become his disciples. I like this guy here in the mall. He says, Sir, while your wife finishes her shopping, perhaps you'd like to get ready to die. Wow. <laughs> Getting right to the close there, you know. But you notice he did have a smile on his face. Yeah. Exhortation. 
This word is derived from the same word Jesus used for the Comforter or Holy Spirit, one who comes alongside to encourage. Also, it's the ability to stimulate people to action in the service of God. And here we have a, a pastor that's going into church and he's wondering, uh, uh. but lo and behold, when it's over, somebody says, great sermon, pastor. Now, I have news for you. Our pastors need prayers. They need our prayers. They are humans just like the rest of us. And they get the same problem. Yeah, and they get, they, people come and dump on them. Okay? And that's not easy. And so pray for your pastors. And their wives, yes. Yes. Because they get abused too in the same way. Faith. The ability to see a vision of what God of what God wants done and the unswerving confidence to accomplish it regardless of the obstacles. Giving. The ability to share personal, I repeat, personal assets with joy and eagerness so that people are helped and God's work is advanced. There's a lot of people that want to share other people's assets. But people with this gift have, can share their assets with joy and eagerness. Helps. The ability to unselfishly meet the needs of others through some type of practical help. The exercise of this gift often releases those with teaching and preaching gifts to minister the Word of God. Yeah, they're helping in, in practical ways. They're doing the they're doing, making the copies, they're handing out the stuff. Sometimes, and, and, but sometimes they're getting up making presentations. Yeah, sometimes that, is, sometimes that is what they do. Okay? Hospitality. The ability to open one's home graciously so guests are put at ease and are refreshed both physically and spiritually. Intercession, the practice of praying earnestly and sincerely on behalf of others and their special needs. Knowledge, the ability to easily master a body of truth it's also the ability to score and recall a fund of knowledge from God's Word to meet the need at hand. Have you met people, maybe not individually, but maybe you've heard them from the front, that have this incredible ability to pull all sorts of facts together and show how they line up stuff that you would have never thought fit together? Yeah. Yes. Ellen White is, is, is one example of that. Yes. Well, was it a fourth grade education or maybe not that? Yeah. Leadership. 
the ability to inspire and lead others in various ministries within the body of Christ. This, this gift is exercised with the attitude of a servant. Serving. The unusual desire and capacity to render service to others. Mercy. The capacity to feel sympathy with those in need, especially those who are suffering and miserable, and to manifest this sympathy in some practical way with a cheerful spirit so as to encourage and help those in need. Missionary. The ability to minister across cultures. Pastoring or shepherding. The ability to shepherd, counsel, and encourage believers in their walk with Christ and service in the church and community. Also, one who enables and equips. Prophecy. Primarily, this refers to the gift on one who is called to receive divine revelation from God to be communicated to man. Secondarily, to the capacity to preach so that the Bible comes alive to the hearer. Teaching. The ability to instruct and explain the Bible truths so clearly in such a detailed way that those willing to learn will understand. Wisdom. The ability to penetrate into a matter, seeing the situation in its larger relationships and imparting wise counsel from God's Word. Yeah, the illustration here, I like this. Age doesn't always bring wisdom. Sometimes age comes alone. So, how do you discover your gifts? Well, you're going to need to pray earnestly that God will reveal them to you. Consider the desires of your heart. Get active in the work of God. <clears throat> Listen to comments of Christian friends. Sometimes other peoples can recognize our gifts better than we can. Um, evaluate your successes. So, if you do all of this, what kind of results? Well, you'll know God's will for your life and where you best fit into the work of the church. You'll know better how to cope with diversity and conflict in personal relationships. You'll have a greater sense of identity and partnership with Jesus. you have greater joy and service for the Lord because you're matched to the work that you enjoy. You'll be better equipped when your friends, relatives, and pathfinders to Jesus. You'll be better able to develop and apply these gifts in your pathfinder ministry. There's another gift that we really sort of, sort of alluded to, but didn't mention. I'm looking for a volunteer to read something to the group, okay? Yep, come on up and read it. And I'll take this off and hold it over for you. You probably want to get out of the light so it's not back there. Oh, preface on this. 
Um, my first three years of education was in a one-room church school. One of those years, I remember our pastor um, in the district that we had, uh, we didn't see a lot of him because of a situation at the other church where he needed to spend most of his time. But I remember him coming to our, to our school, and I remember going out and gathering with him. It was Jay Lantry. And this is a story about something that happened to him. Real story. The title is called Expect It to Happen. When we began planning for Impact India 2006, Ron Watts, president of Southern Asia Division, informed us that a modern-day miracles are taking place in India. He wrote, Expect It to Happen. Permit me to share one miracle, which happened in November. Jay and Eileen Lantry, fellow missionaries with my wife and me in Singapore 30 years ago, just returned from India, where they participated in a 100-village series. At the close of each evening meeting, team members prayed with those in attendance. I will now quote Jay. Within moments, a man stood by my side and pointed to his withered right arm and badly twisted hand. Both were useless. He too wanted prayer for healing. I asked, Lord, if it is to your glory, please grant his request immediately. It happened. I opened my eyes and watched his arm slowly straighten and extend until it matched the other arm. Then, like time-elapsed photography of an opening flower, I watched his fingers reshape themselves normally. Gradually, he began to wiggle each one simultaneously. Then he waved his hand and arm while jumping for joy and praising the Lord. That is the last I saw of him. I experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit in magnitude I have never sensed previously. So between the Old Testament and now, how much has God changed? Uh -uh. He hasn't changed. He's changed lives. Hopefully he's changed each of ours. Hopefully he can change our Pathfinder's lives. So, you have in here a spiritual gifts survey. This is not something we're going to do here today. This is something that you need to do at home when you've got some quiet time when you can prayerfully go into this. Um, but hopefully, as a result of doing it, you will better figure out where you fit into God's work. There's room for everybody. There's work for everybody. And we sometimes joke about the Advent movement with our pastors moving here and there. One of the reasons pastors move is because needs of churches change. Sometimes the, there'll be one need in a church and somebody new will come in that can fill that, but they're not going to get all of the needs met and somebody else will come in to follow them that's going to meet another group. 
but the local congregation is still there, right? So we need to each do our honest part. We find what our gifts are, and we need to do our honest part. And my part may be quite different than yours. I can probably do some stuff that some of you can't do, and I know a bunch of you can do a whole bunch of stuff that I can't do. Jesus used to tell stories when he's out in nature. You know, when he'd say, you know, consider the lily, there was one there for people to look at. He talked about sheep, didn't he? Now, show of hands, honestly, in the last two weeks, how many of you have seen live sheep? Okay, a few of you have. Most of you have not. And most of our pathfinders do not see them on a daily basis, on a weekly or monthly basis, truth be told. I'm about to tell a bad joke. There's a reason for it. But Jesus told his stories about sheep and lilies because he knew that the next time they saw those, they would think of the story that he told. Okay? That's the preface for the bad joke. Are you ready? What car did the apostles use? It says they were all together in one accord. Okay. So, my challenge to you is the next time you see a Honda Accord, that you say to yourself, self, what can I do to create more accord in my church? What can I do to pull my family closer together? 21 years ago, I was in, I was in Minnesota, doing much the same work that I'm doing now, and except I had my own Pathfinder Club, and, uh, and was having a blast with it. But a, a job opportunity came in Michigan. And so I, th there were some people in the church uh, where I was attending in Red Wing that got together Sabbath afternoons and, and would pray about stuff. And so I brought this uh, idea of this job, uh, potential job, uh, to them. And the pastor said to me, now you know, don't you, that some of the times when people bring stuff like this, doors just get slammed in their face. I says, if the Lord wants to slam the door, then I don't want to go through it. Okay? Well, it comes to find out I was offered the job. Somebody in the church said to me, do you even know anybody in Lansing, Michigan? And I honestly said, no, but I have family there. I haven't met them yet, though. 
It is. It is very true. Okay? We're going to... Tomorrow, we gather again. And I'll be honest, I wasn't paying close enough attention if Pastor Craig is going first or if I'm going first. But tomorrow, he's doing the seminar on leading a child to Christ. Don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. And what? Two o'clock uh, is the first seminar. And I'm not sure if he's doing that one or if he's doing the one in the second time slot. But he's going to do whichever one he, sh he shows up for. And the other one that I'll be doing is the discipline one. Okay? So... Maybe you've, you will have time while you're up here at camp meeting to do the spiritual gifts inventory. Maybe not. But again, this is one where I want you to be able to take, to have some quiet time where you can prayerfully go after it. And uh, maybe it's going to be a Sabbath afternoon. Uh, I don't know, what, but what, whatever works for you. But, but take some time, go through it. How many of you have ever been through a spiritual gifts inventory thing before? A few of you have. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you so much for the blessings you give us on a daily basis. Now we ask that you'll be with each one of these master guides, that they will depend on you, that they will find your plan for their lives and how you can help others learn more about you. We ask this in thy name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.